This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Diana Ratliff. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. Announcements, you guys. The new podcast that I am doing with Rampage is dropping this Wednesday, May 25th, which also happens to be my birthday. So make sure that you guys are following Lick It Like a Lollipop, the podcast. It's on all major platforms. I'm super excited. This is a spirituality podcast. And in this one, we're actually sharing our opinions on taboo topics and talking about things that nobody else is but putting a spiritual spin on it and helping people to be able to move through those situations and things that we discuss. So excited for you guys to listen. Please go listen to the trailer. Go subscribe so that you are ready for when episode one drops on May 25th. And that takes me into my second thing. I kind of like having like the alter ego recording personality that is so different from my regular personality. And on the Lick It Like a Lollipop podcast, I'm going by Gemini. And you know what? I think that I really love that. So I'm going to start going by Gemini here recording the podcast too. So next week when you hear my introduction, it is not going to be hosted by Diana Ratliff. It is going to be hosted by Gemini. And I love the sound of that. This week's guest is somebody that was actually tagged in a video that I made on TikTok asking who you guys would like to hear from. Fire Lotus was one of the first people that was tagged. And I find that even though we have a very different spiritual practice, the ethics and the core values about what we do are very much the same and what our purpose is with the way that we practice as well. And I know that you guys are going to love this week's connection and our conversation. Please make sure to go and follow him after you listen to this week's episode. And without further ado, here is Fire Lotus. Hi! What is up? How are you? I'm doing really good. Oh, good. I have to tell you, I was listening to that episode of your podcast, um, and now I'm obsessed. And so now we're going to have to tell everybody that they have to go to your podcast because I absolutely love it. Thank you. And yes, seriously, everybody, it's uh, Fire Lotus the Witch. You can pull it up on any platform. Yes. So I want to learn about you and kind of how you got to the point that you are on your journey. So how do you identify yourself? I know you practice witchcraft. So do you put yourself in any category or identify yourself in any way? Kind of. Uh, I just call myself, I'm a witch who does different types of magic. But specifically, uh, Appalachian folk magic, folk magic, um, 
Death Witcher or Death Magic, um, Southern Conjure. That's been very interesting. But specifically around those types, I've kind of just blended them all together. I think that's beautiful. And I think that um, that goes exactly into the don't put your witchcraft in a box. Yes, yes, yes. And thanks to social media, it I see I see it more and more and it it drives me crazy because like nobody should put themselves in a box, but especially when it comes to magic, that should never go in a box. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100% and I always say um I actually don't identify as anything. I identify kind of in the same way that you do where I'm like, you know what? I I'm a witch. I practice witchcraft, but I pull from so many different sources and so many different ways of practice and make it my own. And I refuse to put myself in a category and limit what kind of energy I'm going to tap into. Yes. I love that. And I wish more people would be that way because like at one point there was only kind of like you had the kitchen witches, you had like a hedge witch. And now there's just like moon witches, crystal witches. And I'm like, we all use the same things depending on what you're practicing. So why not just call yourself a witch who just does different types of magic? That way you know it's... What? Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that it's because so many people have really started tapping into their power with social media. Um, yep. And so I think that there's so many people who get shamed about practice. And so they find somebody who practices witchcraft in one way or the other, and they kind of believe that that's the way that you have to do it. And so I think that it's people who are being taught by and shamed by social media presences. And that's why they have the kind of practice that they have and that they're all like have been so similar up until now. Yep. And it's also um, like the reason that I'm trying to with also obviously you're trying to, too, because I've listened to a couple of your episodes, um, breaking it down a little bit, because like there's just there's so much new things, but there's also a lot of things that are mixing it into each other. Um, like I just had to recently make a video and explain to people that like, you don't have to put your moon water or anything you charge up under the moon. It doesn't physically have to be in direct sunlight because for one, we're the witches. We, we manipulate the energy around us, which means you can tap into it and pull it down no matter where you're at. And the same goes for all the other things. It's like people forgot that we're the witches. Like when it comes to correspondences. At one point in time, some random person walked up to something and they're like, you know what? This reminds me of this and this. Thus, it has the magical properties. And I'm trying to get it out there. Like, we can do the same thing. There was a discussion on um, how lemon hexes aren't really hexes because lemon has no, like, hex quality. And I'm like, it rots. That in itself could be a great hex. So, like, they're putting themselves in these boxes. But I also understand what you're saying because there's a lot of very opinionated people online. And it's almost like when somebody follows somebody who's got, like, a huge following, it's like that person becomes the person who makes the rules. And it's not like that at all. No, it's not. And it also, I think that... I think that there's also a fear mentality. I think that people think that they have to research every little thing. And if I'm going to do a spell, it has to be a spell that's in a book or a spell that somebody else says. And I 
personally, I'm not going to do spell work that other people are doing and that's out there that somebody's saying because I want to pick the ingredients that intuitively in the moment are working right for me. You know, maybe that's going to be a fucking lemon when I'm hexing somebody. Maybe it's going to be a stink bug. I don't know, but I'm not going to do some spell that Katie down the street's doing. Yes, I love that. Like here recently, somebody told me they're like, I use lavender in a hex to cause anxiety. And I'm like, see, there you go. And then also, I do want to put out for one, you said instinctual. And that's what I used to call my magic, because everything that I do, it's instinctual, like all the books that I have, if I do use a spell from that book, I add to it or take it away. That way, no one spell is the exact same. And when I first started out uh, my Wicca journey, back then, a lot of the books were like, you do it this way or it doesn't work. And magic just would not work that way with me. And when I got to that point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to throw it all out and just relearn it my way. That's when it's like an entire door just exploded. And I was like, holy shit. When you put yourself in a box or even with fear, because I agree with you on that, too, where a lot of people, they're afraid to say, well, I'm in uh, my community. We call uh, like beginner seedlings or sprouts because I don't like the term baby witch. It's degrading, but I say new beginner. Yes, I love that. And seedlings and sprouts because everybody starts off as a seedling, but they feel like that when they come into it and they announce that they're a witch due to how other people have acted, it's like they have to know everything. And I am here to tell you that just does not work. If you try to take in every single thing at once within the first year of your practice, you're going to get completely overwhelmed and get burned out. Break it up, like dedicate one, depending on how your brain works, dedicate one month to a specific subject and then use the 12 months out the year to go over 12 different subjects or multiple subjects. And that way you're organized and you're still learning because no matter how long you've been a witch, we're still learning every single day or unlearning every single day. Mm -hmm. Talking about learning and unlearning, what um, were you raised in spirituality? Actually, I was not. I was raised su- strictly Southern Baptist. And then oh, um, right uh, shortly after, actually, I came out because I came out to my family or my mom when I was 13 of the broom closet. And two years later, she met the man who is now my stepfather. And he is or was um, a Pentecostal. But on top of that, his father was a Pentecostal preacher. So that did not go over very well. Turned 13, if I wanted to explore other things, I could. Because she's like, you're at that level to where you get to make your own decisions. And that was kind of all it took. I had one mentor for about six months, basically just kind of running me through like the do's and the don'ts. And then explained to my mom that like, look, Wicca is not really has anything to do with the devil. It's more healing. And she got more comfortable with it. Um, And then... I would me and my stepfather had a very interesting conversation because he's one of those Southern people that like, they don't care what you do outside, but Sundays and Wednesday nights, you got to show up and mm-hmm. let's just say we had a lot of issues there. Yeah. <laughs> because like Southern Baptist and Pentecostal were so different for the very first time that we went there. Uh, my mom did not clarify what was the difference. And at one moment, his father is like 78 
three heart stints, jumping up, turning blue in the face, preaching, and then all the entire church, which is like 17, 18 people, not counting my family, started all speaking in tongues at the same time. I legit got up and started to walk out. And my mom's like, where are you going? And I was like, they're in here chanting. What the hell is this? That's the Pentecostal Baptist. Yep. And I was not used to that because the church that I originally grew up in, it was Southern Baptist, as in they didn't care if you had holes in your pants. As long as you had clothes on, that was all that was needed. But I was always drawn to uh, the spooky stuff and book um, at my school library. And it was called A Colgen of Witches, The Story of Witchcraft. And at the very end of that book, it mentioned the Salem witch trials. And that was what planted the seed because up until that point, I never knew that we had witch trials here. And then I watched Scooby-Doo, um, uh, Scooby-Doo, the witch's ghost. And they mentioned Wicca in there. And I was like, what is Wicca? Went to a library and started researching and thus began my journey. <laughs> I love how many times you just said research in there. If I could have like hit a joint every time I'd be fucked up right now. Um, <laughs> I am smoking a bowl while we're talking. Yes. Um, I love that. <laughs> so you, did you have like any gifts that you were feeling like when you were younger that you were like, what the fuck is this? Um, or anything like that? I did actually my, um, earliest memory was I was in the crib and me and my brother shared a room. And one night I remember that I was crying and it's so weird that when I recall this memory, it's like, I'm looking at it as like a third party, but I was crying for some reason. And this elderly woman appeared in front of my altar. And I'm getting chills when I say this because it was so weird because it was almost like it was a mixture of a puff of smoke and dust, but it, uh, it was illuminated with light. And I don't remember what she said, but it was like, she was trying to calm me down. Fast forward uh, when I'm 18 and I'm at my brother and uh, his ex wife's house and we're sitting down and I'm talking to her cause she's into witchcraft. Her mom is. And I told her that story and my brother being in the living room and he's already pale white as it is, as like a person, he turned ghost white and he's like, I, I thought that was a dream. And I'm like, Nope, congratulations. You saw your first ghost. <laughs> and then, um, back when like we, we didn't have cell phones and we had like landlines, uh, the phone would ring and I could automatically know who it was. Like I would tell my mom, I'm like, Hey, it's so-and-so. Um, and then I used to have dreams now that I know it's, it's a part of deja vu, but I would have dreams and all of a sudden throughout my day, I would remember dreaming that one instant. And then I've had three full blown like premonitions that have come true. So do you call yourself a psychic? Because that's all psychic intuition. It's weird that you say that too, because I've been like, because I asked a question online. I'm like, what's the difference between a witch, a psychic, and a medium? Because yeah, I, I used to I used to consider myself a psychic or medium, but for some reason, I don't feel like I fully fit into that category. I can see that. I would love to get on the discussion of the difference between a psychic, a witch, and a medium. Yes, I am down. 
I just had, so I don't know if um, you follow Noelle Psychic Medium. She is on TikTok. She's online. She's a certified medium. She was trained by the same people who trained Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium. Oh, okay. And she's um, been a mentor for me for uh, mediumship. And so she's recommended books and we have conversations. And we were recently talking about a psychic medium. So the difference is that medium is going to tap into the other side and be able to tell people about others that have passed away. Now, a medium, an actual medium is going to be able to give you things about this person that only you would know that other people aren't going to know. So they're going to be able to, some are able to tell you like full descriptions of a person's appearance and be able to tell you like very specific hardcore facts. And that's a medium. A psychic medium is going to be able to tell you instances that are happening in your life that this person is sending you the messages of. So for instance, I may not be able to describe to you and I identify as a psychic medium because I may not be able to describe to you exactly what the physical appearance is, but I can tell you the conversations that are being had that tie into what you're going through. I can tell you signs that are being pointed out. And I have the ability as a psychic medium to also hear and see in different ways other than visual. So I can audibly have full conversations and get answers to your questions. So if you say, we had a situation where this and this happened on our farm, and I just want to know what their feeling about it is and why, I'm able to go in and have that conversation and relay that. And that's a psychic skill. Okay. Okay. No, that, that makes more sense now because the reason I say that is because, um, I, I read Oracle cards and the Oracle deck that I have, uh, flowers from the dead. It's only like an image and one to two words. And the maker of that deck always told me it's like, cause I keep saying it's the cards and they're like, it's not the cards. You're a reader. Yep. Well, recently I did a reading and, um, Right before, like, as I was setting my spot up, I started belching out um, a song from the Jungle Book. And I'm like, this is not normal. Like, I don't do this. What is this? And I started singing Disney songs. Well, during that reading, I went ahead and because, like, something was telling me, like, look, you need to tell them. And I told them, like, this is what I did. Come to find out it was that person's partner that had recently passed away. That's what he did. And it was one of my first moments where like, holy shit, I just channeled a spirit without realizing I channeled a spirit. Yes. So do you put protections in place for yourself knowing that you tap into energy so easily like that? I, I kind of don't like I have my personal protections, but the way that I have my property set up, it's kind of like a bathhouse for spirits. Um, and Normally, when I do a reading like that, I'll call upon their spirit guides or ancestors if they want to join. But specifically with my spirit guards, just to make sure like nothing comes in at me. And so far, I haven't, knock on wood, um, I haven't had any issues with like something attacking me or being like too aggressive. You and I are literally the same fucking person. Oh, that is so cool. We're the same fucking human. I'm like, no, I don't have that shit because I got my personal stuff figured out. 
exactly and like everybody online they're like lock your mirrors and all these things and i'm like why like Mm -hmm. i saw a video that was like you know you're not supposed to have your altar in your bedroom because of you know intimacy and everything like that and i'm like it's called setting boundaries all i have to say is privacy and any spirits ancestors that are near they understand what that means and they leave okay so this brings up the topic for me of fear-based magic Uh and i think that this is so huge and there are I don't know about you, but I encounter so many people who do their practice based on fear, like covering their mirrors and doing, you know, not having the altar in certain places and having these like crazy restrictions based on, oh, negativity is going to find me or negativity is going to be present. And yes, I refuse to, I, I had enough like fear and judgment and bullshit being raised in an organized religion and my spirituality now is supposed to give me freedom and peace of mind. And if I'm truly going out there with the most like loving intentions and energy, I know that that's coming back for me. So I don't need to be so fucking concerned that like, I'm going to be cursed or, you know, whatever. Like that doesn't even cross my mind. Exactly. Um, when I, uh, I interviewed on my podcast, I interviewed Bloody Mary and they said something amazing, which was if you have fear, if you're afraid of coming across a negative spirit or something like that, you should not be doing witchcraft because it's going to hold you back. Yep. And I'm like, like people, they'll uh, cleanse things that come off their altar. And I'm like, for one, why are you doing that? You're cleansing your energy away. And then with like all the hexing, I'm like, yeah, I'll do a couple of videos if I know somebody's done something my way. But at the same time, if you show fear, you're showing to everybody on the internet that you don't have confidence and belief in your own power. Yeah. You know what I will say? I don't know um, if you know who uh, her page or their page, excuse me, um, let me correct myself, is a raging medium. And they do like they talk about hexing and things like that. And um, their goddesses are dark goddesses like the Morrigan. And their practice seems like it has a dark twist on it. But there's Mm -hmm. also so much education and love for those that are supporting the journey that that I believe that that's the only creator or person practicing in that way where I'm like, Oh shit. Like that's not what I would do. And like, I don't understand that, but I understand your intention behind it. And the, at the core of it, like it's, it's still a loving practice. If that makes sense. It does. And I'm actually going to have to check them out. I may, I'm really, really horrible with names. So normally looks like if the person has colored hair or something like that, I like latch onto and it messes me up so much when people change their profile pictures. Cause I'm like, wait, who are you? And then I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I know who you are. <laughs> I change mine constantly because I have people who scam and pretend to be me. So I actually change up the description in my profile and I change up my profile picture so that people who like truly follow my journey and are invested they can be like, oh, actually, this is Diana's profile now. That person's like an old scammer. I remember you the most because of your uh, red hair. I love it. Not Hat. to mention the podcast name. I love the podcast name. Thank you so much. Um, 
I say like when I colored my hair red, I feel like I transformed into like the truest version of myself. Yes. And um, the fact that like it resonates with other people in that way too. And like it makes it distinguishable. I fucking love. Yes. I, I, I love, especially when you, like you said, when you, when you make that major shift, how much confidence like you didn't can bring out and then Mm -hmm. just, Holy, holding on to that and running with it. You know what I had? Um, I feel like I did so much shadow work. I did so much working on myself after years of literally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't color my hair, crazy colors or anything. I didn't color my hair for like seven or eight years because I didn't want to stand out. I, I didn't want people to notice me. I, um, didn't like men looking in my direction and things like that. And so I blended in and I feel like once I did all this shadow work and I was truly confident on who I was inside and like what my intentions were when I colored my hair red, I swear to God, I felt like, Oh, now I can express that on the outside. And so I just felt like fucking myself. Yes. And I love that because, uh, I have a similar kind of a similar story. Um, I have a lot of like anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm. And when I first got with my partner, uh, being in Florida versus like Alabama, completely different vibes. But um, I would still get very anxious knowing that like I would, I've went through every color in the rainbow. Um, and my partner always looked at me and he's like, then why do you color your hair? He's like, it's going to make people stare at you. And I was like, but if I keep doing this, I'm going to be just, it's weird because it's true. Like, obviously, when you have bright colored hair, you draw attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but why do you do it? And I'm like, and honestly, I think it's like desensitizing me to it. Because like, if I already know people are going to stare at me, then I can blame it on the hair versus an insecurity that I have about myself. And now, thanks to TikTok, actually, the like followers that I have, I normally don't really have that many problems. Unless I wear my witch's hat. If I wear my witch out in public, I get stares a lot. But other than that, I've been telling myself, yep, they're staring at me because I am gorgeous. I am powerful. And normally it's working. You just sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Yeah. And have you gotten more compliments when you're out in public as opposed to criticisms? I have. I definitely have. My next step eventually, because like where we live, we're very close to um, Gainesville, like a major city, but we're still very rural. So I'm slowly going to get to where uh, I started doing eye makeup. So I'm slowly going to eventually get to the point where I just full on go outside. And but yeah, normally with my hair, depending on how I do it, I get a lot of comments primarily asking, like, who did your hair? And I'm like me. I've been doing it since I was 13. Yes. Cutting I'm and dying. Like <laughs> and I, I love, especially walking into Sally's because so many people there, they're like, Oh, you should go get your license. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Just because I want to do this for myself. Doesn't mean that it's like a lifelong passion. Right. And my next hair step, I'm going to get into um, like braids just so hopefully I'll be able to be able to add color, but not necessarily do the bleaching. Like it's 2022. They should really come out with hair products that are not so damaging, but give you color. I agree with you a hundred percent. If you use a lower developer, we're over here giving like tips. Um, (laughs) If you use a lower developer, I feel like the damage that you're doing to your hair is better. 
Yep. Um, and also like, I don't, I don't ever bleach my hair. The, the color red that I have, I just threw it over color that I already had. And then I've just been coloring it the same shade of red whenever my roots are growing out. And, um, I limit when I wash my hair. So then that also is more gentle on your hair. That's my biggest issue. Cause I wash my hair every day. <laughs> Well, then your color oh. fades quicker, and um, that's more money, more upkeep, and bleeds it out in different ways. Yep. But uh, I have natural oily hair and skin, and then oh. insecurities. So, but yeah, uh, speaking you. speaking of hair dye, uh, witches out there, magical correspondences, color correspondences, use that dye as glamour as well. Oh, share that, please, please give tips. Um, but yeah, just what with me, when it comes to color correspondences, I kind of see them as dreams as like, not one person's going to feel the same when it comes to it. Pick a color that gives you energy or gives you confidence or try to pick a color that brings out your eyes. And then as you're doing it, depending on the energy you're working with, ask them to enhance that to where when you go out in public, people are only going to look at your hair or your eyes and any insecurities you see, and some people will hate this, but I love it. There is a uh, spell that they used in the original Charmed, and it's to basically make something become unseen. Um, you can find it at, like Charm Wiki. Find that spell, and then when you do it, obviously it's not going to make all your insecurities turn invisible. But what it's going to wind up doing and how some glamours work is it pulls the attention of the onlooker to something specifically that you pick out, like say your eyes or your hair color versus any insecurities that you have. I use that a lot. That's how like invisibility spells work. They don't make you invisible. They just make whatever you put that energy around to where when somebody walks in, they're not going to see it. They'll see everything else, but it almost becomes like the other person's mind or eyes become blind to what you put the glamour on. I love this tip. And that's super and, easy and everybody at every level can do that. And again, that is an intentional, intuitive thing. And that's one thing that I've been seeing a lot of, especially online, is some people make magic to where it's overly complicated. I mean, yes, there are different types of magic that are extremely complicated. There's a lot of details. But at the end of it, it's like oils, magical oils. I used to be so intimidated by it because I'm like, there's so much to do. There's really not. Like, as long as you're not ingesting it, find a carrying oil, find the herbs that you're looking for. Also, another tip, um, try to find the planetary hour or the planet um, that matches with what you're trying to do. And each planet has a planetary hour. Make that oil in that hour. That way it's also stronger. And you just created your first magical oil and herbs have different correspondences. So think about that when you're making your oils, that way you'll be able to, when you grab the oil, you'll be able to possibly tap into the different correspondences in that oil. That way you'll have one oil that has multiple applications to it. Absolutely. And you guys, if you're not comfortable making your own oils, there are a lot of um, different people that make oils. I had um, Sarah, who was the folklore witch. I think she was on. She did the two part um, last week. And okay. 
she has an apothecary and I actually, she is so freaking sweet. I had, um, some, I had a person in a reading this week who lived in Alabama and could not, I, she did my spiritual guidance meeting and I was talking with her and she's like, I just have absolutely no shops here. I can't get access to anything. Um, and I was like, girl, like, let me look it up. And I looked it up straight up. The closest place that she could go was five hours away. And she's like, by the time I drive there, like I can't afford to get oils. So I hooked her up with Sarah and Sarah mailed it out to her that day and sent her like extra things. And it was so fucking nice. Yes. Um, I love that. And I also feel for her. I definitely Alabama sucks when it comes to metaphysical stuff. Dude, I had like it was kind of mind opening to me because I'm extremely privileged where I'm always I've always been within distances of being able to go and get items and support local shops who are supporting my craft. And I was actually like kind of astonished and then the next day I did another reading for somebody who's in another country. And she literally had to use a friend's cash app because her country doesn't have cash app and they have restrictions on their internet. And so oh, wow. they can't have, I can't even remember um, where, what country this was. Um, shoot. I, I wish I did. And um, it, it was an Asian country and I really feel like it was near China. Um, and anyways, she, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, oh, she had to use a friend's cash app. They can't have certain books there. So I got her in touch with um, another creator who makes products. And anyways, my point is that um, I know a lot of people who make oils and make products. If you guys need to be comfortable with where things are sourced and the intention that people are putting into the products that you're getting. Yes. Uh, two things I wanted to add to that. For one, um, there is a website, and some people will not like this, but books are expensive. It's called Z Library. Um, it's completely free, and it you will be able to get audiobooks and PDF downloads of a lot of magical books. That way, if you can't get your hands on physical copies, you'll be able to get those. And I've used it multiple times. And then a... Um, one cheap oil company that I do like, it's called Art of the Roots. They're really, really good, and it's only like 6 or $7. But with what you said with make sure like you know the intentions they're setting into their oil, small little story. Um, I used to support this apothecary. Um, I've met the person. like Everything was great, <clears throat> and they would send me products. I would talk about them when I first started doing my lives. And then I had a couple of people that – bought from this place um reach out to me and they're like well i'm having a couple of weird things go on and it's associated with every time i get a package come to find out this person was doing a little bit of extra to where when people use their products energy would kind of be taken away from them and go back to that person so please oh, always sucks. right so like always vent and like make sure you be able, you can read a person before you get their oils and as many boxes as I've gotten, I always do the same thing. Always cleanse your boxes before you bring them inside your house because it's not necessarily taking away from the magic that they put in there. But if anything is attached to it, because, I mean, you got to think it's going through the mail. There's lots of energy that hits it. Just cleanse it a little bit before bringing it inside and always listen to your gut when it comes to things like that.
Oh, I've opened packages outside just because the energy does stick to things. And sometimes, you know, you open up a box and you're like, whoa, shit. Yep. And also with that, also like thrifting and stuff, be very cautious. Uh, my partner brought me some old forks, um, some like stainless steel forks and spoons. And at first I didn't really pick up anything. And about a week after having it on our kitchen table, I looked at my partner and I was like, something is wrong. Like there is something off. And all of a sudden, when I said that my brain was like forks. So the forks have been placed outside in the older car. And since then we've not had any issues. So when you go thrifting, definitely cleanse and check your items that you're bringing home. Yes. Freaking thrifting you have to cleanse things that you get from thrifting on the subject of us talking about you know vetting who you're going to get your products from um Mm -hmm. i really think that the exact same thing goes into vetting who you get readings and spiritual advice from yes a hundred percent on that one And for me, when people, when I hear that people like fall victims of people that are pretending to be me and that are scamming, I'm like, so you didn't go and like seek out a website. You didn't go and see comments and, you know, posts and things like that. Like you didn't do any kind of vetting to see if this person was real before you paid them for a reading. Yes. And like with me, luckily, knock on wood, I've not had anybody try faking, like trying to scam anybody. But with me, because I don't have a website, like I used to use Facebook, but obviously that went to shit. But most of my reviews are on Facebook. And that's what I tell people because I've had people come to me and they're like, well, uh, I have a question for you. I'm like, all right. And they're like, this was I want they wanted a spell. And I have this thing where I have a magical consultation before we agree on spell work or readings. Mm -hmm. And when they came to me, I'm like, oh, no, you don't need a spell for that. That can be done with a reading. And it, it blows my mind at like some of the readings that people have got too, because when it comes to true enough, I'm not a tarot reader. I'm an Oracle reader, but the same thing applies to them, which is if you go to somebody and get a reading and you hear every single thing you want to hear, that may be a red flag because they're not here to tell us everything we want to hear. They're te- they need are the cards normally tell like with me, when I do a reading, I tell people I don't do yes or no answers because that's not what I'm here for. Like, I'm not going to tell you, you should leave your, the partner you're with, but I can give you insight on currently what's going on or could go on until it. And also last thing, please people, when you get a reading, please do not think that like it is prophecy. It is just something that could happen. You getting that reading could change that entire reading in and itself. Yes. And, um, when I do like love readings and things like that for people, it's always what kinds of things that you need to personally work on in order to receive the type of love that you're looking for. Yep, exactly. And even with love spells, like a lot of people, I've had a couple of people come to me and they're like, well, I want you to help this person fall in love with me. And I'm like, I don't do that type of magic, but I can send you or redirect you or I can do to find the next chapter spell, which is basically it's not summoning somebody. It's just helping the universe kind of help get the next person that you're meant to be with, or at least in that chapter of your life meant to be with to come to you. 
She, in my opinion, is that if they are looking for something that's going to make somebody fall in love with them or whatever and have this like deep connection that they're looking for, I think that maybe then you want a self-love spell because when you are able to self-love, then you're able to attract somebody who loves you in that same way. And it's always with an utmost respect because you expect that energy because you deserve it. Yep, a hundred percent. And with that, like personal experience, um, the partner that I'm with now, we've been together almost 10 years. He is the first person that I've never done any type of magic for. The two other ones, the two major ones before that, actually the first one, we both did spells within the same week. Um, and we lasted three years. And then the one before that lasted a year and a half. And the point of me saying that is, Yes, you can do magic to help bring somebody to you. But when you do magic to help somebody fall in love with you, you're going to wind up getting to a point where either A, you don't want to be with that person. But due to the fact that you did a spell, y'all are linked together. Normally, that falls into those toxic relationships where you don't need to be with each other. But yet there's still something there that keeps pulling y'all back. Or you're going to get to a point and you're going to be like, wait, is it? me that this person loves or is it the magic and spell work that went into it that they love i love this yeah absolutely and i don't i don't believe in using your magic or your your energy whatever with the purpose being of affecting another person like, now, see, this is interesting. Oh, I'll continue. This is interesting. I'm ag- I agree with you, but I also want to add something to that when you're done. Um, go ahead and add what you want to add. This is the gray area that I like to call about witchcraft because people are like, you know, you shouldn't do things against free will. But if we think about it, when we do a job spell to get that job, we're using magic to elevate our chances and to push people on the other side. And I love these conversations because it shows that magic is not black and white. There are a lot of gray areas and it primarily has to do with the person's uh, moral compass and their own ethics. Ooh, I love that you said that. Um, I don't feel like, how do I say this? I don't use, even when it comes to like getting a job or something, I don't use my intention with the intention of manipulating that person's vision and sight in order to see something about me. If I'm going to use magic to let's use your example to get a job, for instance, my thing is going to be um, let me go in there having um, clear communication and explaining why I deserve this. Please let me go in there and everybody's able to feel the energy that I'm putting out and see, um, you know, the skills that I have and the abilities that I have. Please have spirit tell me in the moment what kinds of things they are looking for and what job experiences I need to talk about. I, oh, I love that to elevate me. And that's what I do with like my, and that's why I say that's what I do with my readings where yeah, I'll do a love reading, but it's not, you know, make you a potion for somebody to, for this person to want only you because that takes away their free will. Yep. And, and yeah. With that, with spell work too, if you, if you come to a practitioner to get spell work, 
always know that for one, because I tell all of my customers, I'm like, for one, before we even start this, magic is not 100% guaranteed. On top of that, the other person who's coming to get that spell has footwork in their life. Like if you come to me for a cord cutting, on your end of it, you're going to have to go through all the mundane efforts of blocking that person and cutting that person out. Same as a love spell or money spell, anything like that. If I do a money spell, for one, I won't do it for money. I'll do it for customers because business customers. Um, but I will also, after that, I will advertise as much as possible right after that because a lot of people, especially now, um, they think magic thanks to the internet. It's like you're supposed to get an instant result, and it doesn't necessarily work that way. But if you do a spell and then turn around and do the mundane footwork, you're helping the universe bring that energy into you. Plus, you're showing and setting more intentions by saying, okay, well, I want to get customers. And then with prosperity money or prosperity spells, the next time anybody does one, try to put an actual price on it. Like say you need $75 oh, wow. to pay a bill, put a hundred or put 80 on there. That way the universe knows the exact amount that you need to be able to help the situation you're in. Ooh, I fucking love that. Um, also I love doing not just money spells, but I love doing like success spells and lighting success candles. Yes. And like naming the projects that I'm doing or that I have going on. Um, I just, oh my gosh, I get like high off of like, haha, I flipped the candle and everything's coming to me. And I even do that with like my partner. If he calls or texts me and he's like, yo, I'm having a bad day. Can you light me a candle? I'm like, definitely will. And normally it, his day gets a little bit better. And another thing, which I actually learned this from Folk Magic, uh, uh, Jake Richard's Appalachian uh, Folk Magic book. When it comes to witchcraft, for one, this is to anybody, you do not have to go out and buy all of these expensive things because you got to look at it the way that I look at it, or you should, or at least try, which is back in like most of what we like, you know, the ancestors that didn't burn, we always go back to like the 15th, 14th, 16th century. For one, they were not able to buy crystals and just have them decking out in their house. They didn't have stores to be able to go to. They used what they had. And that's what I wish more people would learn. Like uh, on TikTok, there was this drama, I think last year, year before last. And the funny thing is the person wasn't even a witch. They were doing an arching craft, but it looked like a spell jar. And they sealed it with uh, glue. And half the app completely lost their minds because they're like, you can't use glue and witchcraft. And I'm like, why? Why? Like, why not? It, it doesn't have to. Most magic is not aesthetically pleasing at all. It's very dirty and nasty, but that's how magic is. And like um, how I learned how to do correspondences and everything and how I've been telling people to do it, walk outside and go up to a random plant and the first three things that pop into your mind when that plant is in your site, it can be used for that correspondence because at the end of the day, it's your craft and you are the, the maker of it. And obviously not everything is going to work, but that's also why not all of us, because I'm horrible at it, but that's one of the reasons we say, you know, book of shadows or journal, you're supposed to journal the spells that you did. That way, if it didn't work, you can go back and re-examine it and be like, all right, well, I'll take this one out and add this one. 
Yes. And with that being said, I had Ambrosia the Witch on the podcast. Her episode is called Don't Spit on the Banana. So if you guys haven't um, listened to that one, do because she is an amazing spell worker. And she said right on there, she did a, a hex work um, and she filmed it and she used her own spit on the banana and then stomped it. And so she linked her own DNA to the spell work and she ended up breaking out in this huge rash and it was crazy. And she was so honest about it. And she's like, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. You fucking make mistakes and you learn because you hurt yourself or you do something unintended. Um, I have a personal story about the one time that I tried hexing somebody Mm -hmm. actually not tried it. Um, I didn't want this person ever coming on my property. And so I ended up, I did a a thing and I buried the jar. And um, later that week, my pig, which is my familiar, fell in a hole and got hurt. Oh. And, um, but this person that tried to come on to our property was there for a reason, um, but texted from outside my house and said, Um, I wanted to come up and knock on your door, but something just makes me feel like your house doesn't want me to be here. And, um, she said, I just walked up to go to the front door and I started throwing up in your driveway. And so I learned then that there's always a negative that happens. Like you don't just get what you want with no consequence of that energy. Exactly. And most people, when they hear something like that, they're like karma. I don't like the term of karma, but what I call it is basically the ripple effect, which is no matter how big the body of water is and no matter how big or small the rock is, if you throw a rock in a puddle, it's going to create ripple effects. And people online haven't fully grasped that yet because they're like, oh, all these people are throwing hexes in some way, shape or form. If it does stick, it's going to stick back to them as well, because (laughs) um, here recently I had a conversation because somebody asked, um, you should not hex somebody that you're actually living with. And I guess trigger warning for possible domestic violence talk. Um, and an example of the reason that I believe in that is because when I was younger, somebody was staying with us who had a lot of anger issues. So I was, I was 13, 14. So obviously I used the binding from the craft, um, where you get like the white, the white ribbon, wrap it around a photo of them while saying, you know, so-and-so I bind you from doing harm, harm against other people and harm against yourself. And it worked. Until two days later, when this person found the binding and undid it themselves, and let's just say there was a lot of damage to the property. And I learned that if you're living with somebody like that or in an environment like that, there are multiple other things you can do instead of just hexing. Obviously, go down the mundane route, but if you were to hex that person, because another thing that I wish and I would hopefully people get from this episode as being a witch, we also have to take into the account of where that person's psyche is at. Because if you do a binding on them or you do a banishing on them, it could trigger them to go through an episode of their psyche. And since you're being there in that property, you're going to get a backlash from that. See, but this, again, this goes into my point of having learned that you don't use your magic to specifically af- like affect somebody else. 
Exactly. At least for me and everybody, like, I always say I'm strong about the opinions that I have about what I do for me, but I also am supportive of what works for other people. But if you have a practice where you are so focused on like getting back at people and getting even with people, you attract that tit for tat energy. And so people that you bring into your life, you keep having problems with. So you're not ever going to grow because you're always going to be somewhat in a victim like mentality where you have to seek that out in order to do your spiritual practice. And as you were saying that something just clicked in my head. I have no idea why I've never said this or nobody's ever said this. So we all know if you have a TikTok, your FYP page is a reflection of basically who you are. Amen. This, the same is with the people you're surrounded by. If like I used to uh, be in this group of people that, we were all just kind of two faced. Like we'd all hang out in a group, but when we're alone with one another, we'd wind up talking about each other behind each other's back. And I'm like, this is not what friendship is. Like if you have something to say to me, come to my face and say it to me. Like, you know, and the same is like you said, if you have, if you're constantly just want to focus on getting back at people for one, I'm not going to say shadow work, but I would say you need to reflect on that because there's some type of issue, trauma response or some type of issue within. And then also always take into account if you have somebody who loves stirring the pot and loves drama, um, it gets to a point where that person can't live outside of that situation, which means they're constantly always going to start drama or stir the pot because they enjoy that. Find those energies and it's the perfect time because retrogrades retrogrades help highlight areas in your life that basically they're like leeches. So you're putting so much time and energy into these certain sections of, let's say your garden. And the only thing you're doing is you're feeding these, these weeds and these vines that are eventually going to suffocate everything else. The retrograde highlights that point. And if you don't step in, it steps in, takes that away. That way you have a new area in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea why that came up. Sorry. No, I think that that's amazing. And and I think that, and I've made videos about this on TikTok recently where like, I don't want to hear you complaining about like how awful circumstances are in your life when the job that you're going to every day is full of people who are talking shit about you and make you uncomfortable and where you feel like you don't make enough money for the work that you put in because you're telling the world that you're okay with people giving you less than you deserve. That goes into your friendships. Like friendships that I have and that I keep, we we sit there and talk about like positivity throughout the day. I'm like thinking about you and it's 11-11 or like, you know, we're, we're not sitting there talking to each other about other people or about shitty situations. Like we go through things in life and we talk about that, but we don't sit there and like talk about other people. And if that's the kind of energy that you have around you, that's what you put into your spiritual practice. Yep. And that's one thing I love that you said that, because that's something that people, especially online don't understand. And it shows because like, there are a lot of creators that I have blocked due to that because they'll, they'll make videos teaching about this subject and all of a sudden it comes back around and their actions don't justify what they're teaching. Like if you're teaching about shadow work, you should not be doing the exact, it's like the, uh, I call them hypocrites. 
and they're the Christians that like show up every Wednesday and Sunday and they look like they have this perfect life, but outside of church, they're doing every single thing. They're complaining that other people are doing. They're a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that like I can read energy through videos and a lot of people would be able to do that. And like you said, your energy also bleeds off. It shows into your practice and it's, Ah, social media has ruined witchcraft, but it's also, it's helped witchcraft. It's one of those bittersweet things. I think that I agree with that, but I also think that it urges people to actually have to put in true effort and trust what their intuition is. And that's the entire point of me having the podcast and talking to so many people with so many different opinions on witchcraft and things because people are getting to see that there's so many different practices and there's so many different ways to do things and that people put all kinds of different energy into their magic and that it's still effective. It's just, you have to figure out what your purpose for your magic is and what kind of energy you want to have. Some people are perfectly fucking fine being in a manipulative kind of energy and that that works for them. And that's cool. I just couldn't do that. Exactly. I, I couldn't either. And with that, I also think that um, with like the whole witch talk and everything for one, and I say this with anybody, take everything you hear with a grain of salt and question things. Like if I make a video, do not just take that video wholeheartedly question it. If you want to question it, question it because when it comes to witchcraft, um, and Jake Richards' book, Appalachian Folk Magic, is the prime example of this, um, and I'm not really going to like touch on closed practices or anything, but the problem that we're seeing right now are in Appalachian Folk Magic. The reason Jake Richards created that book was because the younger generations were no longer carrying on these traditions. And this goes with all practices. If you're not questioning it, if you're not questioning the old and trying to bring something new into it, it's going to grow stagnant. And once it grows stagnant, it dies off. And that's the reason he created that book. And since he created that book, Appalachian folk magic has exploded. And it's amazing because like you said, with your podcast, it's the reason that I created my podcast. It's a way to show people that witches do not just have one look or one thought like, we're all individually different. And when it comes to the term witchcraft, people hyper fixate on the witch aspect, but not the actual craft aspect. There is a reason where like astro projection. Yes, you may be able to drink a cup of mugwort tea and do it once, but primarily it's a practice. It is something that you have to do over and over again and it becomes repetitive, but that's what happens with like when people first start out, um, there's a reason we say do daily practices because once you start doing it daily, your body, it becomes the norm. Like I had somebody ask me the other day, you're making so much content. How are you doing your own practice? And it's because my partner said it better my practice has evolved to where almost everything that I do on a regular day basis in some way, shape or form, it has a touch of magic with it. Me getting up, brushing my teeth and taking a shower. I can offer that to my ancestors because 
it's my body. I'm taking care of myself and therefore also helping my bloodline carry on. And when working with your ancestors, that's a huge part of it. Yes, I know a lot of people are like reveneration. Obviously, yes, but your aunt, you taking that first step and saying, okay, I'm ready to work with my ancestors and acknowledging all the stupid stuff that they've done, that is the first step of healing it. Because when it comes to breaking generational curses, um, generational hexes, and that's with anything, all it takes is for one person to break a link. Once you break that one link, you completely disconnect that cycle. I think that... First of all, who the fuck is anybody to say what you should be doing for your craft? Um, yes. And what kind of time you need to be putting into it? And what does that look like? Like, are you just supposed to be like inside a dark room, like meditating and like pouring oils with herbs all the time and like chanting? Like, I'm so confused at what exactly your fucking craft is supposed to look like. Yes. And it's like, it's like when people say that I'm like, y'all do realize as witches, we're not constantly like over our cauldrons, just throwing shit all over the place. Like with me outside of my magic, custom magic, I only limit myself to four spells a day. And then in my own practice, I, I mean, depending on what I'm doing, a lot of my stuff is just, um, giving offerings because I talk to my ancestors every day. Cause I started this, um, I call it the 30 day spiritual challenge. You take five to 10 minutes every day, sit down with your tea or coffee or your bong, you know, whatever. Um, and just talk to your ancestors. Like we're talking right now. And over the process of that, what you're doing is you're building a line of communication. And this is with deities as well. A deity spirit guide or spirit is not going to send you a message that your brain will not be able to decode. It just takes time to build up that relationship. But like I do this segment, um, I call it cooking with the ancestors. When I'm cooking dinner, depending on what I'm cooking, I'll use that time to connect with my ancestors, to talk to them, to remember, you know, their recipes. And that's what magic is. It, it's not like in the movies where we have, I wish, like I grew up prepping that I was going to have demons popping in and out of my house and I'm going to have to buy a lot of small bottles to throw at them. Mm -hmm. But in, in reality, that's, that's not really what we do. I mean, yeah, lighting candles and lighting incense. <clears throat> but like you said, we're not constantly like in this dark room, just communing with spirits. That shit's exhausting. Yeah, no. Um, and I think that the comments that, like have to just come from ignorism. Like obviously those people aren't working on their practice because they have the time to be online judging what somebody else is doing. Like I couldn't give a fuck less what someone else is doing to work on their practice. I have never looked at someone's video and been like, oh, they're creating a lot of content today. Like I wonder what they did. Yep. And another thing with that, I love that. It's also, and I talked to this with, um, I don't know. I think you follow her. I'm not for sure. She's um, a death witch. I can't think of her actual like hashtag. Uh, she has a podcast called um, Gatherings at the Graveyard. Um, but in there, we talked on an episode that we did because when I first started TikTok, I started to like not really compare myself, but we're in this weird area for anybody who is a witch in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and early 2000s. We're seeing something that we didn't get to do, which is 
when you first start your spiritual journey, you're going to have a lot of aha moments where like it, it sets the foundation in your belief that magic is real with us. We didn't always have cell phones. We didn't have TikTok, So we never got to record those aha moments versus the generation that we're seeing now where we're seeing all of these witches experience this. And some of us at some points in times, we may feel like, Oh, well that connection's gone. I no longer feel it. No, it's just, we're past that stage. So our aha moments are going to be slightly different versus still having that, like you're a teenager and you feel like anything is possible when it comes to magic. Obviously there are a lot of limitations, but it's very interesting too. And I think that's what some of us are seeing with, we're seeing a lot of people and even older people that are just now getting into it, having those aha moments. And we may feel, well, we're not having them. You're having them. It's just, we've changed. We've grown up, we've matured a little bit. So they're going to be slightly different. Well, and you might just be used to the aha moments because you're probably still having all kinds of stuff happening all the time, but you're just so used to having that happen that you forget the feeling that you had as that was a new development for you. Like, um, for instance, for me, like I've been having this, okay, well, you know, I'd love to be able to offer something new on my website. Like what, like, I can't believe that I haven't grown and like expanded on something, whatever. And then I literally listened to the first podcast episode the other day where I was talking about how I didn't feel like I could do mediumship reads or, or reads for other people because I didn't trust myself that much and nobody would want that from me. And I literally do those multiple appointments all the time during the week now. Yes. And that's the perfect example of sometimes we focus so much on where we're going or what we haven't achieved when we need to look back and reflect of how many things we have achieved. Um, and recently I had a moment like that where I was like slightly hyper-focusing on views and stuff. And my partner looked at me and he goes, I still remember when you lost your shit, when one of your videos hit a hundred. He's like, you're doing perfectly fine. Just continue with what you're doing. And social media and witchcraft brings a whole new dynamic because there are a lot of moments where I've had to just completely log off because overexposure to like witchy things burns me out a little bit. So it's, it's very weird. The area or the era that we're in right now. I don't find that I... You said that the FYP kind of reflects you. Um, yeah. I don't really find that I, even though I follow tons of witchy creators, I don't find that I really encounter them doing their practice too much. Like that's not what really pops up on my FYP. And you would think that that would, but I feel like maybe it's because I put such a, a distance on watching anything that I... I don't know how to explain it. I'm I'm kind of specific about the kinds of like which content videos that I want to watch because just as you're saying, I do feel like it influences like my energy and maybe my feelings towards my practice sometimes or maybe I'll like does that make sense? No, it it totally does because I also wanted to add to that a lot of uh like a perfect creator, amazing creator, uh Coco the Witch. A lot of the uh, introductory videos or tutorial videos that they do, they do it on the weekends and it's kind of like some of them are faux as in, and I wanted to put this out there that way other people also know, 
some of the videos you see about witchcraft, not all of them are actually pushing the energy. If it's a tutorial video, they're walking you through the steps, which is one of the reasons I've never done one because I personally haven't figured out a way to be able to describe what it's like working with the energy of everything in a video. So I've had issues with that because I was raised, or not raised, I was taught or self-taught that everything has its own energy. And when you go to mix these things, tap into each individual energy and kind of get them to work together, almost like they're dancing in this perfect little little uh, circle. And then depending on what you're doing, you either pull it up and push it out or bring it into you. And I got into that habit because I was, I would like, again, that stupid thing that humans do where we compare ourselves to other people. I'm like, well, I don't do these spells. I don't do that much spells and stuff like that. And that's when I have to remind myself that, like we said earlier, all witchcraft is going to look different and everybody is going to do their own daily practices differently. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's why you incorporate so many different things throughout the day. And also, I think that your content can be a form of your craft because you're sharing your energy and your knowledge and whatnot with other people and helping them. And that could be your sole purpose and what you're here to do. And there is nothing that's going to strengthen your craft more than following what your purpose is. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that, too, because... Oh, it just blew my mind. My partner said the same thing or something like it last night. He's like, cause I actually was having this conversation with him and he's like, what if you're just incorporating your practice, your practice is growing with your following because I love making content. Like I love being able to you're make saying people this when question we've been on this for 33 minutes and 33 seconds. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> um, but like, I, I love just especially when I like make a video and I'm like, stitch this, let me know what you think of this. How many people they're like, I love this. Like I love bringing conversations to the table, but also I love helping people because I didn't have a teacher. I had a mentor and then I had a few people that I dated, which were horrible at teaching, but I didn't have what I'm pushing out now. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Obviously I'm getting to a point to where I'm also like, showing other aspects of my life as well. But I hope that most of my videos come off as magic can be every day, but it doesn't necessarily have to be with like what we think of magically from the videos and stuff like that, that we saw. Um, like at a number of time, I at least have four necklaces on and at least like eight different crystals with me at all times or, I'm, and it's also people need to start talking about charms. Like there's, there are small little spells you can do that I consider a charm. That's not necessarily this full on long spell work, like uh, going up to an ash tree and plucking a leaf. And when you pluck it, say a uh, leaf of ash, leaf of ash, I do three pluck to bring me at least a day's luck. And then you just carry it with you for like a little lucky charm. Yeah. Again, you're putting your intention into it and you're intuitively following what words are going to charm that for your specific need. Yep. And when it comes to witchcraft, once you get to that point where you start doing things um, almost at eternally, not internally, instinctual, 
it'll change so many things. Like anybody who's listening to this, the next time you do a spell, instead of going to a book or even your own spell book, just stand in front of your supplies and ask the universe, what is the highest thing that you should do? Like, what are the items that you need? And just listen to your soul. And I guarantee you it will change everything because it almost also brings a power to you because you're like, oh, wait, it's almost like taking the training wheels off the bike for the very first time. It's kind of like that. And then the more that you use it, the more that it becomes stronger and you'll get to a point to where it's like you go into a trance or it's yes. like in a way you disassociate. And the next thing you know, you're standing in front of your spell work. If you could have uh, one thing that people take away from your episode today, what would it be? For one, do not listen to people who say you cannot do this. You cannot do that. I've had so many people tell me that I would not get anywhere with magic. It's a waste of time. And now, six years later, I'm here. And just on top of that, try your best to eliminate self-doubt because self-doubt in your practice can kill anything. And we are magical as fuck. We have the exact same ingredients that the stars and planets and universe are made out of. So the only limitations are your own brain. 1000%. Thank you so much, my friend. You too. And I hope you have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Bye.